Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and we should all be at Highmark Stadium watching an Open Cup game with the Rochester Rhinos, but that's not happening. Happening that as well. So instead, we'll talk about it and all things Open Cup 2023 and years of the past. And to do that, I have from thecup.us, which is, uh, shall we say, a better source for all things Open Cup than the Open Cup itself. I have uh, Jake Sillick. Jake, thanks for joining me this evening. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you, Dan? I am. I am awesome. I wish I was at uh, at the stadium watching an Open Cup game, but uh, yeah, it's uh, what a situation we have here. What what a shit show, eh? Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, but we'll uh, let's just kick off this first, Jake. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Why? Uh, how did you get? Uh, how did you become an Open Cup sicko like like some of us up here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, man, sicko, sicko is a good way of putting it. I don't know, man. You know, just started following soccer kind of when I got into college, and then there was a local team, and it's like, oh, this, you know, cup, the Open Cup and FA Cup, and I'm like, wow, this is this is great, this is fun, and uh, just kind of spiraled from there, and now I'm following just about every game. If you see uh, at US Open Cup on Twitter, it's generally me tweeting, although Josh sometimes gets in and. Another person as well, but it's typically me now. Beautiful. Um, I'm kind of, kind of the guy there. Nice. Yeah, I um, I one of my favorite things with Open Cup slash Little League soccer is you get the person who who just got introduced to to the beautiful game, and they yep. will watch the FA Cup, and then which I think we had a, a famous example of that this year. And then they'll, they'll make some very uninformed comment about how they wish there was something like that in America. And then yep. all of lower league soccer just pounces on that like fresh meat. Pretty, pretty much everybody, including now the official account, uh, which has definitely gotten some new people. Um, yeah. They have a personality now. That. They do. And it's been great. You know, the band salt Bay, that was uh, their big debut. Yeah. They, uh, they have a little personality. I wish they had some funds to, to stream all the, the games go along with it, but yeah, say we'll Levine. So, uh, Jake, what do you think is what would you say is the state of the Open Cup here in 2023? A couple years past the pandemic, yeah. uh, new media deal, which we can talk about. But I mean, if you had to sum up the state of the Open Cup in uh, in this year, what would you say? Yeah, it definitely took a, a step backwards, um, and a lot of that has to do with really. U.S. soccer as a whole in their budget. Um, I, I think as soon as I saw, I think it was uh, Paul uh, Kennedy. I'm forgetting his last name from from Soccer America, who uh, who always is that on that type of stuff. As soon as he tweeted out, you know, here's how much U.S. soccer's been losing the last few years on their budgets, and it's been tens and tens of millions of dollars. That just kind of really opens your eyes that hey, you know, there's going to be budget cuts at some point. Sure enough. There were, and unfortunately, the the production side is where that's kind of come into play here. Uh, we were told from the commissioner that uh, they've been spending somewhere in the low seven figures yearly to produce and pay uh, a company based out of South Florida, uh, Vista World Link, I believe it's called. It's the same company uh, that does the, the USL production stuff. That's correct. That's correct. They partner, partner with the same company. Uh, so they're paying low seven figures yearly, and that had to be cut in some way. So it looks like we're going to probably get a pretty significant chunk, at least a half to maybe two-thirds 
or these first three, it's two thirds of these first three round games. We haven't heard what's going to go on from the round of 32 on. Uh, we'll, we'll see from there, but um, when they are produced by them, they're good. Uh, when these teams have done it, it's been hit or miss. Um, you know, as we're recording this interview, I'm looking at some of these uh, first round games and the one from Jacksonville is very well produced on YouTube. The one for Cleveland's pretty well produced even on 11 sports, but we had one on 11 sports yesterday. That just basically didn't work. Uh, they had streams cutting out in Manhattan. You know, it, when the teams do it, they do the, the best that they can with the money that they have. And we put that on them. You're not going to get the same quality stream from that, at least as far as the media deal, as far as um, like kind of other parts of the tournament, we're definitely going up. You know, we're seeing now triple digits yearly in terms of number of the teams. That's that is in large part due to the increase in the number of teams in Division Two, II, Division Three. That's been great. We kind of want to see them tweak that format, I think, a little bit more. There's a couple, I would say, valves that they can pull. One, they can pull the Division Three leagues from the second round into the first round. They almost did that. They might be doing that soon. And then the other valve is pulling more. MLS teams into the third round from that round of 32. I think a general consensus is that the teams that participate in the CONCACAF Champions League should probably still get that by the round of 32 so they can focus on CCL and not and not have Open Cup in the way. But other than those teams, pro- probably everybody else can go in the third round and be fine. So let's let's see how that goes and see how big this competition can get from there uh prize money can always go up and then the biggest thing i think we're all looking forward to and we're hearing like whispers like little little things um about sponsors budweiser now sponsors it's a little little kind of a smaller deal there but a big title sponsors i think would be huge and you could do it just like a rose bowl so it's the rose bowl game presented by whatever sponsor we can still call it the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup presented by somebody. So I think that would be huge, and that would get a lot of money invested into this to where we we could see larger prize money. We could see maybe a, like an FA Cup where they pay per game, per win. Um, that, that would be pretty big. Yeah, because if I – correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm wrong a lot, but sure. didn't didn't – the U.S. soccer kind of paved the way about a year ago to open up the the ability for them to have a title sponsor. Yes, um, the they definitely changed the policy to reflect that, and now it's really up to the committee and U.S. soccer and the board of directors to approve what the name is of the competition. So they can they can definitely do what they want with that. Now, I mean, when that happened, my first thought was, well, they already have a sponsor in mind for it. And so when that didn't right. come, when that didn't happen, I was I was kind of scratching my head, going, I mean, you did the you did the the setup work for it, but you right that it just seemed to me like okay, you're just waiting to do the formality and the, the, then right, but that I guess was not the case. The the CCO for U.S. Soccer literally yesterday, as it is, um, uh, was on Twitter, just kind of was with a random person, and I don't know why he felt the need to do this, but he was replying back about how they are working on better media deals and things like that with Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, Telemundo, 
some kind of still to be announced international uh, spot, uh, stuff and how they're going to integrate the Open Cup into that. And it's like, we'd be great, but you still got to produce these games. The teams can't afford that on their own. So that's that's really what, what we got to see kind of get back up there. So hopefully when, at some point, U.S. soccer stops losing tens of millions of dollars, we get back to that. Well, let's let's dive into that the, the media deal. Sure. So U.S. soccer, they they their their agreement with ESPN expired uh, at the mm-hmm. end of twenty twenty two. They have a new deal with uh, Warner Brothers, Time Warner, I think is the full name of it. Yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery. So Warner Brothers Discovery, Discovery and, I'm and sorry. Time Warner yeah. merged in. So, so that's going to include your TNTs, your Discovery channels. So everything that you would associate with Turner and HBO is now all one company. Yeah, so that's why we're seeing national team games on HBO Max. Yep. There's a game on TNT, yep. I think, already. And the, yep. the well, I mean, by the time people hear this, the, some of these Nations League's game or we passed. But, yep. so they, this agreement's been in place. Uh, it, I mean, it took place starting in January. It was agreed upon, at this point, damn near a year ago. Right. Why do you think it took up until 11 days before the tournament start to announce that we're yeah. doing... Uh, man, uh, I can't want to say barstool, but um, what the hell? Like, I can't remember the name of it right now. Bleacher report. Bleacher report. Yeah. What? Right. So uh, you had a year plus notice that this change was happening. What was it? Just dragging the feet or hoping for a better deal? What? He, what the hell? Yeah. Happened? So we had heard at the time that this deal happened that they were allowed to shop the Open Cup if they didn't like what Bleacher Report or Turner or anybody was going to do with it from the Warner Brothers Discovery side. Um, it's possible that's what they were doing. We don't have inside information into that um, on what exactly happened, but it could have been they just were working the last minute and then said, okay, you know, we're going to go with what Bleacher Report proposed to us, which is have these games put onto our YouTube channel and our, our app, the free app, not the old one. A lot of people are confusing thinking that old BR Live um, still exists. That, that was, was all. That was with the that, when they had the Champions League. When they had Champions League, yeah. so that's that's gone. That's gone now. So there's no, nothing. Nothing's paid for anymore. Um, right. So that's this is probably what they end up doing. They're probably still working to hopefully get something better for the round of 32 on. That's why they just said first three rounds. This is what we're doing. So you, you you're you still think there's a chance they go in a different direction once? I, I definitely think the round of 32 and on, we could see something different. I would not be surprised to see. Uh, f- the final back on TV, TV back on like TNT, um, for sure, um, and maybe even more. Maybe we can get some semifinals. I think that would be a great next step uh, for this competition is to get the semifinals and the final on linear television, like a like a TNT. Yeah, no, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I mean, it was actually a, a not a step backwards, but. I guess I get equally annoyed. These early rounds are a step backwards. Let me make that clear. That, yeah. That's a step backwards. What, what What is going on here? But the later rounds, we could definitely still see it get back up. And, yeah, that only really benefits MLS. And lower league sides, especially like you guys, don't really get the benefit of that. But, hey, Sacramento hey man, run. Hounds are into the round 32. Right. Exactly. You guys are. Um, no, but it was a, it was a bit annoying. Uh, I, I guess made it's lower league mentality, but you would have all these fans or supporters of MLS teams 
they kind of parachute in once their teams get involved in the tournament, and they they miss all the the news. You know, they they it's all background noise to them until their team gets involved. And I mean, they had him and Hobbit stuff, but it was weird that for this ESPN Plus deal, that I mean, everything including the final was on the streaming service and not on a, right. a, a proper channel. So you think there's a chance that, in theory, the later rounds could actually be a step above what we had before. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, they could do a, a game of the round even and just be like, this is on, you know, HBO HBO Max. Maybe these games end up on HBO Max. Like I said, we haven't heard anything. Hopefully when we get to that point in late April, they've, they've, they've figured this out um, where we've got significantly up for those rounds type of type of television coverage um you know and i i think the final has to be with the normal men's national team women's national team uh announcing crew you have to have that yeah uh i mean i i had not even considered that they that they would kind of elevate from what they did in these first two rounds into the into the final but if they get that on tnt or something like that that would be a a proper step forward in my opinion but Sticking with the the MLS well, let's, teams, let's hope, let's hope, yeah, let's hope that's what it is, man. Yeah. Sticking with the MLS teams, uh, MLS now has an increased number of competitions with this League's Cup coming on online this year. That's yep. the uh, kind of the 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 inter uh, MLS Liga MX competition. So with that coming on board, that's now an increased number of, of teams for MLS sides. Add on that the revamped MLS playoff structure, which adds a ton more games to it. Do you mm-hmm. think we're going to see MLS teams treat the Open Cup as they've had before, or is there a chance that um, that even for the teams that that took it more seriously than others, that they they might be prioritizing other things now than the Cup? Yeah, I, I, I it's tough, but what they're doing is they're trying to fit now the Open Cup and the Least Cup into separate windows, so. We're not going to have Open Cup between June and middle, late August. The quarterfinals are going to be on June 6th, and the semifinals are like August 21st, somewhere somewhere in that range. So that entire time is for League's Cup. So, you know, these teams aren't having to deal with multiple, multiple competitions at the same time. So I think that they've kind of worked, MLS has kind of worked with U.S. Soccer on that to make sure it doesn't conflict. And so... I don't see a huge change now. Who knows? Like we could see in these first few rounds that they're going to pull everybody from now that just about every team has an MLS next pro reserve team and they can't have that free movement. They can bring up, you know, five, 10, 15 players and work around that MLS next pro could arrange their schedule so that these players have, you know, the open cup time to be able to be with their first team. Um, and such like that. Um, and that's kind of been writing on the wall since the beginning, since the beginning of these reserve teams. And as soon as they said, you know, there's too many of us, we can't be in the Open Cup anymore because it causes too many headaches and we want to be able to, to use these players so they're not cup tied. That's a big deal. So let's let's do that. That's what they're going to do is they're just going to continue to draw upon these now MLS Next Pro um, teams to supplement their things. So in, in reality, that's not a big change, but it's just kind of little by little by little. But they're going to have this time now set for the Open Cup 
And even if it's just, you know, every couple of weeks we have a round, but at least there's not Leagues Cup going on at, at the same time where we have, um, you know, international, you know, a window happening in the middle of that. So, you so know, right now we are we're in an international window, but it's the first round. These clubs don't really have international players. Yeah. So if if you had to put on the, the prognosticator cap on this one, round of 32 of, of the MLS teams involved, what percentage would you think are going to put out something closer to their normal starting 11 and how many are going to go anywhere between first team bench down through pulling guys up for the two team? Right. Yeah, I would say typically we're seeing about three to four that play seven or eight starters, only rotating maybe maybe three or four players. Then you get another few more that are about 50-50 from their bench, and then you definitely get the teams like uh, DC United, I think, has done it before, and just these clubs that are definitely pulling deep down and recalling players up from their MLS next pro side um into that dc united won't have that this year yeah they don't have a two team like yet. they they do not because they just they just so loud and united um so but there's still kind of like a, a deal with that but now loud united's allowed to be in the cup so those players are cup tied as of two weeks from now so they'll have to work with that uh what's another team that's probably been doing that a lot philly tends to do that a lot although last year they had their issue was more travel they were going from like west coast stuff and that and that does play a play a factor into it as well um dallas tends to do that a lot um i remember ricardo pepe making a lot of starts when he was still with north texas sc making starts for fc dallas uh er, for those early open cup games so you'll see a lot of that for sure so let's move on to to tonight. Uh, the Hounds should mm-hmm. be playing Rochester. Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows we've been we've been beating this drum for a while. Anyone who's been a fan of the Hounds has they. I mean, we, we've done the road trips to Rochester. We're, we know it well, uh, and just the kind of. I mean, for lack of a phrase, kind of just some a lot of a lot of bullshit the last couple of months uh, with them. Yeah. What. Where do we? How did we get to this point? Do you think where we had a team officially in the Open Cup, and right. then and you know, then withdrawn? So, I guess the two part question: How did we get to this point? And yeah. then two: If you had to assign blame, how much blame are you assign? Are you assigned to certain parties in this in this circus? Sure. So we got to this point. You know, I I, I can only guess on a lot of this because. I've just been around the lower league game for many, many years. So I've seen it. I've seen what owners can do. I've seen owners be shifty. I've seen owners be liars. I've seen owners, you know, come back. I've, I, 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 I've, I've seen it all. When, when, when you get to the end of the season and you've seen how much money you lose, you kind of know at that point, oh, we're probably not going to make it the next year. So this isn't something that just appears out of nowhere. You know, if you're a smart owner, you're looking at these books constantly and you're seeing, man, we're losing, you know, probably, you know, a few a million or two in Rochester's case from what it sounds like. And we're, we're not going to be able to support this another year. But you know that in October, November. And so you start having these conversations with the league and you start saying, well, we can't be owners anymore. We got to sell. We got to work out something. 
And then those conversations start happening between them, MLS Next Pro, Charles Atchick, you know, all 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 these people there. And they're talking about and talking about it. what's different and happened this time is that as we got to the new year, which is when you're supposed to decide, hey, these are our teams for next year. These are our teams in the league. And especially for Open Cup purposes, they got to know, well, how many pro teams do we got? So that can determine how many amateur teams do we got. So they get to that point, and MLS Next Pro, from whatever discussions they're having with the the Dworkins or Rochester or any of those people, they're thinking, yeah, we're going to be able to find new ownership by the time the season starts, and we're going to be okay. So they say that we're going to be in. They're going to be in. Well, as that continues on, it's clear that either it wasn't that close or something hit the wall or, or something, and we just they just couldn't sell. They couldn't sell the team. And at that point, MLS Next Pro decides we're not going to operate it on our own. Maybe that should have been a part of it, um, but they didn't. And they said, well, you're just not – so you're not existing anymore. You're not operating for 2023. But at that point, by the time we got to that point in March, when that happened, U.S. soccer had already sanctioned the league at the sanctioning meeting, which happened in mid- middle of January. In that meeting, they definitely said, you know, or at least there was some kind of form that was filled out, had to have been, that says these are the teams that are going to be in our league. And Rochester had to be on it. Otherwise, the Open Cup staff wouldn't have included them in their plans, but they were. So at that point, they were they were in, but now they've reaped their benefit, from, reap, reap, reap their words from that, acro, basically. Um, and, and so they had to move on and format the turbine and say, okay, we have these many pro teams now, and we're going to have this many amateur teams as a result. And these are the amateur teams, and here's the first round draw and the second round draw. That happened in early February. But it wasn't until March when they finally were like, well, we can't get gate ownership for this Rochester team. And that's it. So the only option then at that point, because by at March 10th, you're two weeks away from the first round, uh, under a month from the second round. There's no time to go pull a team and say, oh, you're now in the Open Cup now. They weren't told that in January. So they haven't been preparing. And for these amateur teams that are playing in this first round, currently going on in this recording, they've been preparing for months. They've been calling players because you have MPSL teams, you have USL League 2 teams that cannot use their college players in the summer. So they work hard all offseason to find players that can play in late March, in April. So... That takes time. That's not a something that that can that just oh we can we can pull a team together in a week. Plus, you gotta secure venues. You gotta secure staff to run that stuff. You gotta secure travel if you're the away team. That gets more expensive the closer you are to that. It it is an impossibility to do anything with that. So U.S. Soccer was left with no option but to just call a forfeit for that um, for Rochester and move on with it. But what that did at the end of the day was. Because the first round of these amateur teams is based on the number of professional teams, as I mentioned, one fewer professional team in the second round means that that spot means two more first-round teams would open up. So we would have two more amateur teams. By rule, that would have been 
NPSL and USL League too. Basically, what they do is they figure out how many professional teams there are. They've already gone through qualifying, and they say, okay, we got this many spots left open. That goes through the two national leagues, NPSL and USL League Two, and then it kind of works it out from there, kind of proportionally. Um, in this case, it would have been an additional NPSL and an additional USL League Two team. We know for a fact that would have been Med City FC, based out of Rochester, Minnesota, for the NPSL, and we don't know for sure from USL League Two, but almost positive it would have been western mass pioneers um out of western mass um Anderson and all that area out there um that would have been in this competition um they could have been they could have been playing this week and they're not have we heard from and, those two teams are they are they are they like I, 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 life I, I, sucks I or are they are they pissed to- uh, yeah i sent a message to med city they're just like man that stinks you know us soccer for you and then U.S. soccer Western for Masters, you. There it is. Yeah, Western Mass just gave us a uh, an up down, upside down smiley face, as in they kind of knew that this was going on and, and that type of stuff. So that's all we've really heard. Um, I'm just you know disappointed for those teams that they don't don't get to play in this great competition this week and and everything. And that has a a knock on effect because then they have to pair these teams up and a team like Des Moines Menace. It was really close to Rochester, Minnesota. It would have been like a two or three hour drive by bus. Nope. Now your team is now even United out of Murfreesboro, Nashville, Tennessee, and you got to fly there. And that's more expensive for everybody. So, you know, we just had kind of a whole bunch of issues. And so you, you talked about blame here. I want to get back into that. So the blame has to go to U.S. soccer, partly because they should have kind of followed up with these the league in Rochester said, so like, are you sure that you're in this year? Because we're hearing that there's issues. And, you know, you got to put down not just your performance bond or whatever, you got to put down, you know, more to secure your spot into this competition because we need to know and need to plan this out ahead of time. Um, so that they also they got to do that. Um, obviously the team, you know, the Dworkins should have just been like, well, we can't run it. So we're going to try selling. They should have started maybe this process earlier and tried to sell it quicker or had done something to get this team running for 2023 and not kind of also just gone silent. Literally the only reason we figured this out was because they were posting, posting on social media, posting on social media, regular social media posts. They partnered with some kind of marketing firm and then January 4th, it just stopped, which means that marketing firm stopped getting paid. That's really all that means. Therefore, that kind of raises eyebrows. And, and, you know, some people in there are like, oh, well, the team's still around. We're still talking to them and stuff like that. It's like, you don't just stop posting on, so- posting on social media for nothing. Like, that just doesn't happen. That's not a normal thing to do for, for any club, especially a professional club. Yeah. So, and yeah. here's the thing. And, I mean, we, we, we posted on this on social media when this, this whole shitstorm went down. Yeah. Like, the Dworkins, they, I mean, they were in, they came down to a game at Pittsburgh, playoff game, yeah. um, that first year after they, they took their hi- hiatus 1.0. Right. And, I mean, they talked a big game to us. Real, I mean, just, hey, now, hey, this is what happened, here was the issues, here is where we think we can come back, and then one year turns into two, turns into three, and again, also, there's a, a pandemic that comes in which changes things right. a, a lot as well but i mean at some point 
how much do you think this was? And this is again, I guess, probably a little bit away from the Open Cup itself. How much of this was uh, the Dworkins just trying to revive this team and throw their money into it and make it make it well? And how much of this do you think was Next Pro wanting an independent team, and so they were going to, right? You know, maybe yeah. oh, make sure. some considerations. They've they've talked a lot about having independent teams and how much it means for this league and, and stuff like that. And so to have your only independent team at the moment, you know, they got some in the pipeline coming in expansion, but they only have one at the moment. I had one at the moment to just kind of falter after one year. That's, that's not a good look. So they're definitely trying to do at least as much as they're willing to do to keep this team afloat. They obviously weren't willing to run this, run this team by themselves as a league owned team. Maybe that, that that's what they should have done. As soon as you get to January and you told U.S. Soccer at that sanctioning meeting, the board of directors and said, Rochester, New York is in this league on whatever form or or audio or whatever they did in that. That's in the executive session. We'll never know exactly what goes on in those meetings, but they, they told them that. And at that point, you have to now be committed. You have to say, okay, well, if this team can't operate, guess we're going to have to run it ourselves. So, you know... They didn't. That they they didn't want to do that, and so that that's a little bit of blame on them because you get to that sanctioning meeting and you tell U.S. Soccer we make a big deal about these sanctioning meetings now. Remember the NASL and everything with that. Um, like that's the this 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 is a this is should be like the final arbiter and say these are the teams and this these are the leagues that are going to be playing in 2023. That should be it, and somehow we had this happen. So that's that's on both of them. So how much? I mean, I guess I part of this. I, I'm, I'm my biggest annoyance in this is with U.S. Soccer. Yeah. One in that they didn't do their their due due diligence in ensuring that these yep. teams were solvent. Yeah. Uh, financial records or, or however they you wish to do that. They did. They did that on ESA. They spent the entire yes. month of January basically doing that. And yet you have MLS Next Pro with their only independent team, and they what got a pass? I don't know, but clearly it wasn't going right there. So f- indulge me for for a laugh here. Do, sure. Do you do you do you foresee a situation where where uh, U.S. Soccer takes a more stern look towards MLS than MLS Next Pro? That based, would not based on league. they don't they they don't have to do that. But they should definitely, I would say, certainly Don Garber's probably asking Charles Etchek, hey, what have you been doing down there? You know, let's 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 try to do a little bit better with these independent teams so that they don't kick the bucket in a year. You know, because I feel do like, a little you know, more due diligence on these owners. But I mean, Nisa's getting the, the comb over here. And but they are uh, and rightfully so, shall I say. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, based on on. Failing to do their job one of two years in existence, shouldn't MLS Next Pro get the same comb over next yeah. time when you know Cleveland comes into this league? Or uh... yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The independent teams that now come into that league should be under bigger scrutiny. You're not going to have to worry about the ones that are owned by MLS teams. That that much is completely obvious to everybody. But Cleveland, uh, Carolina, Core, I believe it's called. Um, you know, even rumored the teams I refer Jacksonville at some point. Now I'm coming in. You have to, you have to analyze these owners, 
and you have to do all the due diligence and all of the you know auditing and things that they're doing in ESA. You have to do it to these owners too, and you, maybe you should do it to USL League One too. Division three, you know, we have three leagues now, and there's a lot of teams, and maybe there are some five by number. Every single one of those leagues, MLS Next Pro, USL League One, NISA, have had one and done teams, and that shouldn't be allowed because as part of those PLS, you're supposed to have at least a three-year plan to run your team. So if you're folding within a year, something's gone horribly wrong. Would it be not not the worst idea to have you have to you have to actually operate a full professional season before you can enter the Open Cup? It's an idea. Um, you definitely see it in the FA Cup when there's new teams in the lower in the amateur leagues, they can't participate in like the FA Cup in that first year. Um, wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, uh, but you know because U.S. Soccer can be such a fleeting thing, and even some teams don't make it even past year three. Taking away a year of open cup from that kind of unfair to those fans. So yeah, there's definitely positive positive minuses to that. You may have heard that the World Cup is going to the United States in 2026. Yeah. I don't know if that's if that's made its way over to you or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to see the Open Cup by the time the summer of 2026 rolls around? All the eyes Man, that's... Gl- glancing on the United States. Where, uh, I mean, what, maybe, part of it, what do you think we'll see and, and what, do you, what would you like to see? I think we should have as many teams as the FA Cup competition proper. So every cup competition proper is 124. I believe that's correct. And we're currently about 100, so we need another 20 teams or so. I think that's a good number. I think I think where we have the teams and where they enter is a good thing. I think we could have more MLS teams entering in the third round, like I said. So just leaving it as the four CONCACAF Champions Leagues, and that looks like that could be more in the future. So however many that is, that's how many should be in like a round of 32 entering. Um, you know, we could definitely see... A larger budget for travel, which could open up maybe a bigger pod. So instead of really being like locked in to y'all playing Rochester because they're that close by, or you know these two these two teams in Detroit playing each other every year because U.S. Soccer is not going to pass up a literal five minute bus trip for a team for travel. If we got more funds for that, we could open up these like you know pods or groups that we're going to have starting in the third round from these four to 16 pods maybe we could have 18 pods or 10 team pods to where there's a lot more variation and a lot more open open drawing of of these matchups which is a lot more fun it's more fun for the fans to see that draws are are enjoyable so that could be definitely something we could see Uh, obviously larger prize money keep keep it coming keep it getting bigger and as far as tv is concerned Final semifinals have to be on TV, TV, and then work your way back from there to having at least one game for every round past that on TV and a game of the round. Let's do it like the BBC does. You have one game, that's the big one, and you put it on TV, and and, and everybody loves it. There's a lot from the FA Cup that we can emulate, and there's a lot that we can make it our own. And so I think you do have to recognize that we are a big country and travel's a thing, but there's still a lot from the FA Cup that makes it the most enjoyable cup competition to watch. You, you mentioned the draw. I I was a big fan of them finally streaming 
the draws last year. I yeah. think a lot of people were. I can't imagine there are anyone who was. They have they they have for most years, but I think last year was when they really kind of stepped up this this draw production, made a real production type type thing, and that was that was really good to see, especially with the new commissioner, uh, David Applegate. Um, he, he's a really awesome awesome guy. Uh, this new commissioner definitely gets the Open Cup. Josh has talked with him numerous times. Um, he he gets it. He gets he gets lower league soccer. He gets MLS. He gets the Open Cup. He gets where it wants to go. There's I I, I wouldn't have any any better person running this competition than him. So do you, I'm guessing that means you think or you expect that they'll keep doing the draws like they did last year? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. You'll see just you'll see it starting with the third round one. Um, we've been told that's on Thursday, April sixth. Yes, right, right, right. Is that? I think because they, they put on. that in the announcement with the yep. the Pittsburgh game. So yep. So pretty much the day of the day of or the day after the last game, Thursday the sixth. Yeah. Right. So that's just like an FA Cup. You know, that, that's what they do. They draw it day right of, for day after, they, and then and, and they and they draw it. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's a it's a good production, and 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 it's fun. So you. You mentioned before you're doing a lot of the the social for um, the you know the cup.us uh, stuff. Yeah. So you probably more than me have seen a lot of these very very populous ideas of what people want yeah. the, the open cup to be. So let's run through some of these and basically give me your your thoughts. Uh, good idea, bad idea, feasible, not feasible. You know, will we ever see this? Will we never see this? And this is while it sounds nice, it's never going to happen because of A, B, and C. Uh, start with this. You kind of already touched on it a little bit, but first, first off, a fully open cup, um, no qualifications yeah. based off previous Never. season results. So, like all the USL two teams and all the, oh. all yeah, okay. no, you know, there's no, you're not qualifying based on the previous season. Just, just not feasible because these MPSL and USL two teams do not want to play in qualifying. They do not want to have to form a team in the fall. That's just not going to happen. So U.S. soccer is going to probably always give these two paths, so to speak, where you can be a team in a smaller league or even a UPSL, which is a huge league, but chooses not to be like MPSL or USLE2. And it can do fall qualifying because you play maybe year-round, and that works for your club, and, and that's like stuff. Or you can have these summer teams. These are teams just like everybody else. Why shouldn't they get their own shot just because they have to find completely new rosters in, in March, April? They're doing it. They're playing. So let them have how they do it, which is just using the season results for that. I think there's always going to be the, those two paths. So I don't, I don't, I don't see it like qualifying all kind of coagulating together into one, one, one tournament. On those lines, I think, and this, I get a little annoyed with this is. People and you brought it before. You know, this year there's what 97 teams in the tournament. 99 was it? The... No, 100. We have exactly oh, 100. So we year. had 103 last year, 100 this year. Uh, and then people, well, make it, make it, make it really open and all stuff. And we use these qualifying rounds, and they, you know, you get you get cup tied based off these qualifying rounds. Yep. Why, why are we not advertising those qualifying rounds as, as teams in the cup? Because essentially they are. They are, right. Um, you know, we're, on our end, from the cup.us perspective, we treat those just like, you know, these competition proper rounds. So we're 
putting all all of our coverage into that. And especially when you get to that final round where it's win and you're in the main competition proper, those games are treated just the same as every other game for us. Uh, U.S. Soccer should be doing the same thing, and maybe they will this this fall. They got they got new communications team and stuff like that. We could see that investment. Um, I, I hope they do. Like I said, I I think David David Applegate gets he gets it. So he gets what this is about, especially for those clubs. Uh, let's 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 go straight into touching the third rail of of what people want. Uh, lower league teams always hosting. Yeah, that's definitely been been talked a lot. There's definitely it's definitely feasible. I want I want to say it's feasible. I think what's feasible is a right of first refusal. I think that's feasible. I think that's feasible down the line. I think MLS is going to eventually be willing to go with that and say, you know, as long as these clubs have good, decent stadiums, we're seeing that in the USL championship where these stadiums, I marks great Indies proposed stadiums going to look really good. You know, we're going to have really nice stadiums in these lower divisions and MLS teams can play on that and they should be able to, give that up in, in, in some way and say, yes, for the immediate round that we enter in, we will play at the lower league. Should that happen after that round? Probably not. I think that's unfair. Um, but at least in the immediate round, that third round that MLS enters in, and maybe even the round of 32, the lower league team should host if they have a stadium that's good enough. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next one, was the, the lower league hosts until round four. Which was the the, right. kind of the, the very so yeah. you you think the through round four is more feasible and more likely? I, I think the, it, the I think that's one hundred percent feasible. I I could see that happening within the next five years, hundred percent. And MLS will go along with it, and or they'll be at least I, I, dragged I, I, I into it. I think they will. I think they'll be dragged into it or a little bit. It'll just be kind of like maybe they'll eventually get that if they do this that markets their their league better. I think we've all seen that. It it it, it helps them. From from a perspective that to be at these teams because then these fans come out for that and that that that's good for everybody. It's good for the lower league team and it's good for MLS. It's good for American soccer as a whole. And I think MLS just needs to eventually see that they may have to be dragged into it, but I think they will. Uh, last one of these, uh, and we, we you discussed this a little bit with the the travel considerations. Uh, yeah. The idea of just eliminating the regional considerations of the draw. Right, like I said, I don't, I don't think that's going to ever go. We're never going to have, you know, cross country trips unless they're forced to. The only thing, the only rule that's more important than travel to the U.S. soccer is making sure that you don't play a fellow league opponent in the round that you come in. That's why we have Greenville traveling all the way to Phoenix because they there was too many League One teams and Division Three teams in the Southeast and too many championship teams and not enough teams really in general out west. So that's the only rule that's more important to them. But I don't think, in general, we'll see that be open. It'll just be a larger pod of teams. I like to see that increase from these four to sixteen pods to eight. Let's get to ten, maybe. Then that's a really big open draw. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think back to the the Hounds draw last year for the the third round. You know, it's it's a, a pod of four, and you know, by the time they draw two, you know, you're a the funds are already kind of taken out of it. Yeah. Uh, what other? I mean, those are the ones that I always see pop up on online. Are there any other kind of very popular pie in the sky ideas yeah, that people you, you, you want really to beat the drum for? Them. You know, hosting fees 
Um, that's gone. That gone up. That went up this year. Uh, but that has to do with because U.S. Soccer is taking full control, of paying the they're referees. paying the refs now, paying paying the referees completely in, in, into that. That doesn't mean the costs go away though. But somebody's somebody's still going to pay them, and it's still going to be the host team. So that's just now factored into the hosting. U.S. Soccer is just the middleman, basically. Right. Exactly. So that could that could be alleviated with a little bit. You know, maybe you just have a, a, a sponsor. And at every home game for the first few rounds, it's sponsored by some company, and they've paid all the all the hosting fees. And any club can basically host as long as they put up stuff for Budweiser on their on their stadium. Speaking, of, that takes us back to last year with uh, Sacramento making the finals. Yeah, um, I, I assume just based on how the draw went out, that they were they were more than willing to, to pony up that. Uh, hosting yeah. for the final. No, they were. They were. Um, that's gone up. I believe it's now $625,000 for the final. Yeah, so, I mean. I'd have, I'd have to double check that. It's a, or three, Sorry, sorry. It went, went up from $250,000 last year to $325,000 this year. Um, plus some ticket, uh, ticket percentages, depending on if you meet certain thresholds. Uh, yeah, they were willing to. So. Last year they were willing to pony up the two hundred and fifty, probably probably closer to five hundred thousand dollars to US soccer that it was gonna take to host the final. For the I'm chance for the chance they, to win. They just they just they just didn't get lucky. Yeah. They didn't get pulled. Well I, I when I see those numbers I keep thinking you're playing for the right to, to basically win back your hosting fee. Yep. Which is it's a little unsettling, but I mean I, the money right, has to it's come more from, it's more to host the final than it was for them to win runner up, which was Hundred thousand, and they didn't even get so. the USL championship kitty. Yep, that's that's been changed finally. That they were like, "That's stupid. What are we doing?" So USL US, uh, US Soccer Santa Claus bucks. It's not bad, right? Uh, any other thoughts on the Open Cup in general before we kind of you know next one get into the Western PA's history with it? But is there any, anything I've kind of missed that you know you want to you want to pull out the uh, the soapbox on? Yeah, mm, let me think for a second. Gosh. You know, I would I would say we're gonna we're about to have a, a gigantic round of of thirty games, twenty nine now. Next round, um, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot for me. It's a lot for our people. It's gonna be a lot for the fans. That's gonna be fun. But and we get like I said, we got to get these. I think these D three teams into round one and have these amateur teams not play each other immediately. But um, but play immediately a professional team. So that's, I think, the next thing that U.S. soccer has to do is get Division three teams back to entering in the first round. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, alluded to this a little bit before. Let's get into it now. I mean, the, the Hounds don't have a, a lot of great history with the Open Cup, but that does not mean that West Pennsylvania has bad history with the Open Cup because, damn it, they have tremendous history. Uh, yeah. lots of hardware coming coming past the three rivers here. Uh, and you guys at at the cup do uh, a fantastic job uh, posting kind of this day in history. You know, we try to retweet that anytime it uh, involves a team out here in Western PA, assuming they you know that it, it wasn't something terribly embarrassing. But uh, 
if you could, just give the people, especially a lot of the, the newbies we have, uh, getting into the Hounds, getting into lower league soccer, What what is kind of the timeline of, of success as it relates to the Open Cup here in Western PA? Yeah, I mean, the Hounds were, have been kind of the only real big entry from like professional sides from Western PA, obviously. Um, they first appeared in 2000, uh, made the quarterfinals in 2001, literally their second year, beat... Um, the, the Rapids. That's the one MLS right, the scalp. Rapids. Is the, is the one, one MLS scalp was, was, was the Rapids. Um, but since then, the the R- River Hounds hadn't, didn't win multiple games in tournament to, until 2014. As far as finally getting these lower amateur teams in, uh, you finally saw one in 2015 with the Fort Pitt Regiment, um, who went one and done versus Western Virginia Chaos. Um, and then kind of the big local air, uh, history and kind of these only in the Open Cup stories was Tartan, Tartan Devils Oak Avalon Yep, um, had this awesome, awesome, wonderful game one year when, I, I, man. Before, I still, shout out John Barrasby because I hope he's listening because he's, he uh, yeah, this was like his favorite day maybe ever. Right. They were at some park or something some some stadium it was near housings or something and just all of a sudden you just see a karen out in the wild just walk onto the field who is demanding that these lights and this sound you know stop because she's trying to go to sleep it wasn't even that late i don't think wasn't even that late at night yeah but it was it might might have been just just for extra time started but man just just yeah a neighbor from the neighboring the the neighbor neighbor houses to the stadium walked on the field and that is one of the all time just open cup moments. Yep. Uh here. I didn't and think we're gonna get into that, Tartan, but yes. Oh Tartan Devil Tartan Devil's Oak Avalon, which is by the way a great name. Yeah. Um you also got Erie Commodores up there in Erie. Um, the Hounds that, faced them uh, a couple years ago. Yep. 2018-2019. Uh that type of stuff. Um and as far as like older before um, the modern era, as we call it, which is from 1995 on, that's when professional teams kind of re-entered the competition. You got Gatlin Sport Club, who made a final. Um, Morgan Strasser. Uh, this is from like the 1940s, 1942. Gatlin Morgan Strasser was 33 and 44 and 49. Heidelberg SC in 1951. And the Harmerville Hurricanes in 1952, 53, and 1956. Those are all Western Pennsylvania teams. It's, I mean, they're all um, within 20 minutes of, of Pittsburgh proper. So, yep. And shit, that Heidelberg team, I could, I could, I mean, I could get out my front door here and uh, be over there in so, about, about seven minutes. And so I'm sure you're glad that you were going to face a professional team because when you face an amateur team, unfortunately, for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, they are tied with Orange County SC with the most losses against six against amateur teams. They have six of them, uh, which is the most both both of the most for any professional. Oh, the, team, the so. most losses to an amateur team. Yeah, most losses. Do you have the, they, Do you have the list they, of teams there? I don't. I don't have them. I just know that they're eight, five, and two, and one, one in PKs okay. versus amateurs. Because I, I mean, I were recording this, and the Lansdowne boys just won with. Yes. Uh that uh, that last loss to the Lansdowne boys in 2016. I mean, that got the head coach fired the next day, basically. Yeah. Um, yep. They were uh, again only in the Open Cup. 
they won 2-0. The second goal, the guy who scored uh, started twerking at, in our direction. Um, and then fun, outside the stadium, they, they came in just like passenger vans. And they're oh, all just boy. chain smoking before they got in the vans to drive back up to New York after they, they mm. fucking beat the hounds. Um, <laughs> just amazing and super infuriating and... Those are, those are just the, the stories that you you only hear at this level, man. It's it's so much fun. That's why it's so much fun. And that's why we call it sickos, and you know, that's making fun of the the whole sickos movement. But like, that's what it really is because you just hear these amazing stories at this level, like that 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 type of stuff, man. I so, and it's that's great. why I'm I am I mean, let's make no doubt about it. we're all happy that the hounds are in the hat for the third round, but. Yeah. That second round game on some Tuesday or Wednesday night it is guaranteed to be raining. It is guaranteed to be under forty five degrees. Yep. There is going to be uh, maybe two hundred people in the stands. Yep. It is only for the diehards, and it's one of my favorite nights of the season. And so the fact that it's not happening this year has me a little sad, especially because I had to deal with the rhinos. I mean, we we had. We had like we were gonna do like a fake funeral for them. We we're gonna carry a casket and stuff. We had all these these things planned, and they actually oh went boy. off and died proper. So, yeah, it's real sure did. Real so, Jake, it's been fun. I appreciate it. Um, no, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Um, thanks for giving us a bit of a history lesson, going through all the the silliness and craziness of the Open Cup this year, and and kind of looking forward to coming attractions for the future years here. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, g- give us the plugs. Where where can we f- people find you? Where can people find stuff for oh, the Open gosh. Cup? Oh gosh! Please, please don't start following me on Twitter. You're just gonna get okay. We, we won't do that. I will not. So I will not. Uh, thing is, just follow. Just follow at US Open Cup. If you're just a soccer fan, it's generally me tweeting. I'm trying to be as spicy now as the official account. Uh, maybe I'll ban Salt Bay next from from something. We'll is see, it really but... banning someone if that person was never gonna show up in the first place? Right. That's the whole joke. It's funny. Um. Yeah, and then do you guys still have the uh, the the Open Cup shirts? We do. I bought uh, one shop, right before the pandemic, the, so it took me years to finally get the shirt. Cup dot US, uh, sort of sort of team. We're trying we're trying to get a new shop person on that. Uh, Josh is a little overwhelmed, but he's working on that. I mean, this is his, trying to get trying to get shop. These are his days right here. Yeah, man, it's been great. Yes. No, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll plug it all when. Uh, when we get this posted here, and uh, again for everyone who's listening, uh, we should be at a at a at a game at Highmark Stadium, but that has not happened here. So uh, second best case is just to uh, talk some open cup with a yep, fellow and, sicko. And good 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 luck in whatever third round ha- happens to be for you guys. You I guys mean, you want to take just get, a random a random guess? What I mean, what kind of teams would be? Oh, you'll face like DC United for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was we've we've seen DC, we've seen Chicago, we've seen. Columbus and Cincinnati, so yeah, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be totally, I would be upset if it was another, but it gets to be a four to six team open draw, and that's what's fun. You don't, you do not have an idea until it happens. Yeah, so all good stuff. But uh, let's uh, yep. let's close this little bad boy up here. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Cane Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghsteelarmy at gmail.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu.
Thank you to uh, J uh, Jake Sillick. Uh, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Jesus Christ, man. I'm in fucking penalty shootout with Miami United. I'm freaking out. <laughs> I got to hurry up and put uh... on here.